I'm back. Had the mic off. Have a little butt on these here. Welcome, guys. Uh, today, tonight, I will be going over an awesome word. Just I believe that it's going to bless a lot of y'all, and also it's going to step on some toes. Um, so get ready. Before I begin, though, I want to have a, a volunteer, actually, I'm a volunteer, somebody, to come up and pray for something specific that I will be preaching on tonight. Just something specific that I've been noticing a lot with the generation we have. Um, let's get up for Marco. Oh, it's funny. Both Marcos sit next to each other. Marco with the glasses. <laughs> so bananas. Okay. Can you please pray that we will hunger and thirst and be desperate for God? Yeah. Father God, mighty God, Lord, I just pray that our hunger will never rest, Father, that our hunger, hunger will always be here. I pray that every time we are hungry for you, that, and every time our, your love is poured out into us, Father, that we'll be able to share out, Father, and that we'll be able to preach your word, preach the gospel, and tell the people who you are, tell the world who you are, and tell the entire nation who you are, Father. And Father, I just pray that our hunger will never rest that it will be that type of hunger in which we'll want to eat a horse, but spiritually, Father, it will be that type of hunger in which we will want to do something in, our, in this life, in this world, Father. And I just pray in your mighty name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Let's get up for Marco. That's an awesome prayer. I challenge y'all to continue to want to do that, to come up, up, come up here and, and pray. Obviously not when I'm with the mic, but if you guys would have that kind of passion to come up and pray. Like, there are times where we ask y'all, and you're kind of scared, and it's like, oh, no. But if your favorite rapper came to town, you'd be up all over that mic. If he calls you up, you know you'd be up on that mic, right? Just keeping it real. Anyway, we're going to go on. Can you please go uh, to uh, John chapter 6? Follow along here. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. That's powerful, guys. I want you guys just to, just to think about that, you know, that Jesus is the bread from heaven. He is that, you know, I, I don't want to say like a, uh, he's like a type of food, but it's an analogy that's being used here that he's the ultimate fulfillment in our lives. Bread, right? We all know what bread is. Probably a lot of you guys, you have for, for breakfast, you have a a PB&J sandwich, you eat a sandwich, another what, right? You know, people love bread. I don't know anybody that doesn't love bread. Does someone here not love bread? Anybody? I'm not raising my hand. I don't love bread. I'm just kind of encouraging you all to raise your hand if you don't love bread. Okay, cool. We all love bread. That's awesome, you know? And here's something, guys, that, that I want you guys to get from this, that, you know, when Jesus declared, and he said that I am the bread of life, and that whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Just that, that last part, man, whoever comes to me will never, ever go hungry, and that whoever believes in him will never be thirsty. You guys ever get thirsty sometimes, right? I know it's summer's approaching, or I would say spring, but I guess summer's come early, right? Everyone's thirsty. Everyone wants the H2O. If not... Uh, 
fruit punch, whatever it is that y'all like to drink, right? I personally, I love, I love to drink water when I'm thirsty. Anything else just makes me more thirsty. You ever get that cotton mouth where you're running and your mouth just gets all dry and like you feel like you're like dying or something, right? It's a horrible feeling to get, right? But it's because you're thirsty. Your body is, is asking for something to drink. And I want you guys to understand that there's something inside of you that thirsts for the Lord. And that's your spirit. Your spirit thirsts for God. It thirsts for the presence of God. And you see many times people in this generation, they don't want God. They're thirsty for something else. They're thirsty for sin. Thirsty for something that's empty. Thirsty for the next Jordans. Thirsty for that next female, that new girl that came into school. Thirsty for that new girl that came to Elevate. Thirsty for wanting to just pursue things and, and, and do you and having that kind of mindset. But what about the Lord? What about the Father, the Holy Spirit? Why don't people thirst for that? Why don't people hunger for that? And just think about that. You know, you can ask yourself that question. Well, why don't I hunger for that? Why? You know, you can ask yourself that. And in your own personal lives, I'm sure that the answers already be given to y'all. It really is because of sin. You have something else better to do, something else better to, to chase after, but not the Lord. The hunger for God is just not there. If we can go to uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 8. I hope all of y'all have your Bibles here today. Do we all have our Bibles today? You're in church. Thank you, sir. It's like when you go to school and you only have a notebook or a pencil or even a backpack. Sometimes I'd be sitting out walking because I take my wife to work in the morning. I'm like, where's this kid going? He has no backpack. Like, what are they doing? Like, is it in their shoes? Is it in their pants or something? <laughs> and I used to do that. So I'm like, well, they're probably just going not even to go to school. Or some people use the excuse it's in my locker. And it really is in your locker. All you got is spider webs in your locker. That's if you have a locker. Does who here has a locker? No. All of y'all, most of y'all, right? I know some middle schools, they have lockers now. In my middle school, they had lockers. But I just think about that, like, if you're going to school, you got to be prepared. So if you come here, you got to have your Bible, guys. I have my Bible here on the phone. Yes. You can have the Bible on your phone. Did you know that? <laughs> you don't always got to carry this thing around, right? If you want to, that, that's cool. Go ahead. But it's convenient to have it on your phone. Anyway, let's read Romans chapter 8, verse 8. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You can't please God, man, if you're constantly living in the flesh. And I'll explain this to y'all. This, this doesn't mean like, um, you know, live by your skin or something. It's, it, what, it's, what it's talking about is sin. You're living to the things that your, your body wants, things that you want. For example, lying. All you want to do is lie. It's almost like every day there's a lie involved with your life. And so you're living in that. You're living in that realm of the flesh. In this world, there's, a, there's like a constant battle that people have. It's, it's between the, the flesh and the spirit. And what people don't know is that the spirit is so willing. The spirit hungers for righteousness. The, the, the spirit wants holiness. The flesh does not. The flesh says no. You have to submit to sin. That's what the flesh tells you. You know, it's like you're, you're constantly going through this battle of, man, should I, should I live holy today or should I not? And it's like a hypocrisy stage that you're in. And 
it's dangerous to be in that because one week, right, you come to Elevate, you're worshiping God up on the altar, and then the following week, you're all the way back there and you're on your phone. Well, what happened? Did you not, did you not get filled? Were you not satisfied? And I think a lot of times, like, people, they're not satisfied when they feel God is because they just take a snack off from God. They snack on little bits and pieces from God. Let me just take this little bit from you, God. Let me just, just take this much. I don't want the whole thing because there's, there's so many more things that I have in me that I just can't give out, God. And that's the problem. You're snacking. Who in here likes to snack? I know sometimes people are hungry. You know, you want to kind of get that hunger going in. But I realize when I snack, I get more hungry. And anyone else feel like that? Yeah. And so... With God, it's like we, we, we can't have that kind of mindset. We can't see it as, let me just take snacks from the presence of God. You got to want it all. When you sin, do you want snacks? No, you want the whole thing. Give me the whole thing. That's how it is. That girl comes in, walks into that, that classroom. I want her. That's how, I, that's how people think. I want that person. You walk into Foot Locker, you see those $300 Jordans, you start crying and beating yourself on the floor. Mom, I want those shoes. <laughs> People that do that, they pout about stuff they want to their parents. And, you know, then there's no groceries for y'all because mom just bought you $300 J's. <laughs> just keeping it real. And so, you, you know, that's the problem is that we have to transition that out and, and, and put, put God in that perspective. I want God. I want all of the Lord. You know, I was praying as I was, you know, writing this sermon down. And there's a, a powerful word that God gave me. And it's that God wants to give people a feast of his presence. But people are too filled for feasting on sinful pleasures. That's literally what it is. God wants to give people a feast of his presence. He wants people to see how big and awesome he is. But we're so caught up and filled with sinful stuff. We're too full of ourselves that, that we can't even allow God to come in and surround us. And God's not going to force himself in your lives. I don't know if you guys didn't know that. He's not going to force himself on you. Did sin force itself on you? No. You wanted it. Every day after day, you want more and more of it. You got to cut out those sinful lifestyles that you have. And how you do that is you replace that with the presence of God. You replace that with holiness. You're now living and wanting more of God. You're now having desperate emotions, desperate feelings. You want more of God because now you're realizing that putting God out of the equation again is pointless. It's like when, when you're uh, in a relationship with somebody and you're saying you love that person and that person says they love you back. And it's like you can't even imagine anybody else to, to come between that relationship. But next week, you know, you're with another girl. So it's like, or another guy. And then the next week, and the next week, and the next week. So it's like, it's like this baby love being passed around. That's literally what it is. There's no satisfaction in that. And don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that, that you know, you'll get in a relationship and you'll never, ever get to find that one that God has for you. No, but, but it's, it's the mindset behind that a lot of y'all would have. It's this, I love, Eric, I love this girl, I love that girl, I love that guy, I love that guy. There's no satisfaction. You just want a different kind of person. But you see, if you had a relationship with Jesus and you walked with the Lord, that's all you need. That's all you need. 
It's like when you eat and, and you finally have that, that dinner you've been wanting all day and you get it, you're filled, satisfied, right? You feel the satisfaction when, when you finally eat. But the thing is, you're still going to get hungry. With God, when you're filled instantly, you're filled instantly, you're filled. And so what it is now is that now you're desperate to want to go into the presence of God over and over again every day. And that's what it's like to feel, to, to know that, the, that you're with the presence of God. And to some of y'all, it doesn't make sense because you don't want it. To some of y'all, it doesn't make sense because, like I say, you're too full of yourself. You have to empty that out. And how that happens is you ask God, Lord, take this away from me and replace in me a new heart. A heart that's, that, that's like yours, that, that, that does things right, that's righteous, that hungers for holiness. That's literally the change that starts to happen, but that really can't happen, though, if you're too full of sin. Let's go to uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the, mis the, the misdeeds of the body, you will live. When you sin, nothing good comes out of that. Nothing. When you live for God, goodness comes out of that. And here's one of those things that comes out of it. People are attracted to that. When you walk into school and you're a different person, and people are starting to realize that. And they're realizing, man, this, you, don't, you don't talk like you used to. Why is that? And they're, just, they're realizing week after week, this, this is a new person now. He's no longer that individual. Whatever happened to this dude that, that always wanted to go party? Whatever happened to this dude that always wanted, you know, to, to hang out with that girl and that guy? It attracts people. And that's the thing that a lot of us understand is that, that our spirit wants that. Your spirit's hunger for God, guys. It hungers for the Lord. That was a good catch. <laughs> Reflex. Your spirit hungers for God. That's how it is. But if you're too full of yourself, how else can you get out of that? It's like every day you're, you're just thinking, how am I going to get out of this? How am I going to get out of this? You keep trying to do it on your own. When, look, it's, it's a hunger, guys. I mean, you, I'm, not, I'm not speaking Chinese here. You guys know what it's like to be hungry. If you want to be hungry for God, that person that is different, you're, you're, you will no longer question why that person is different now. Because that person is saved. That person wants to do right now. That person wants to go to church. That person wants to read their Bible. That person wants God. And yet you're battling day after day and, and wondering, why, why am I not like that person? And you keep comparing yourself. You see, with sin, there's influence that comes with that. You influence people when you sin. Why do you think all these rappers like, like Tekashi and, and, and Lil Pump and all these dudes, why do you think there's influences? Because they're sinful and they attract sinful crowds. I'm not attracted to that stuff. People here that are saved are not attracted to that stuff. We rebuke the things they do in Jesus' name. We pray that they will come to God. You see, when, you, when you're now full of in, in a crowd, I don't know, for example, let's say you're, you're at a Bible study. You want to be in those crowds now because you're now influenced by holiness. You're influenced now by people that are hungry for the same thing you are, which is God. You're hungering for God now. And you look back and you look back at the stuff that you used to hunger for. And you're like, man, I can't believe that's the stuff I used to hunger for. And your friends are still part of that. 
And so that is why we have to know that when we hunger for God and influence comes with that, we influence people. Don't you want to live by example in this generation you have? I mean, sinners are doing it. They're showing their own example to each other. Why don't you stand out? Stand out of the crowd and say, I'm a go for God. Who wants to join me? It's that mindset you start to develop because you're hungering for God. Can we go to uh, uh, Psalms chapter 7, verse 14? This is the Old Testament. It says that whoever is pregnant with evil conceives trouble and gives birth to disillusionment. Disillusionment. I like the analogy that is given here because, you know, it's like we've all seen pre- people that are pregnant, women that are pregnant. It's, it's a weight they carry. It's, it's, it's hard sometimes. And you see people when they're so filled with sin, their bellies are filled with sin, literally filled with sin. And you give birth to disillusionment. You give birth to falsehood, to sinful stuff. And then part of doing that is now people are being, you know, birthed like you're, you're, you're literally birthing out like a new era of, of sin. That people can now have multiple wives or that, or, that, uh, or, that, or that weed will become legalized for recreational purposes or that. Just, just these things, people get these ideas when, they, when they're in sin. They want to now influence others. And people are now hungering for these things that you're hungering for. And you want people to have a taste of what you've tasted. You see, if you've tasted the glory of God, you will want the whole world to taste the glory of God. You will want your school, your principal, your friends, your cousins, your mom, your dad to taste the glory of God because you've tasted it and you're filled and satisfied. That's literally how it is and how you start to realize that, man, I'm hungry for God now. And I want my mom to hunger for God now. I want my brother to hunger for God now. Because I know that when, when, when I, I tasted the glory of God... Never again did I go dry. Never again was I thirsty because he was all I need. You never notice how when you sin once, you want something else after that. You can't get enough of it. There's always, it's always like a, like a constant like race of, of who can get the most sin and, who, and it's like a competition. That's literally how it is. I used to go to high school. I used to be part of those things. I know what it's like. It's probably worse now. And so, you see, you have to have a whole new mindset now. A heart, a belly that will now be filled with the glory of God, will now be filled with the presence of the Lord. Let's go back to John 6. You know, many of you don't know, but this is a story that, that Jesus was kind of summarizing up in the Old Testament that where, where manna fell from heaven. It says, very true, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven. It wasn't him. It is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. Just think about that. It's coming from heaven. That the Lord is coming to us. That he fulfills people's hearts. When he died on the cross for us, I mean, that wasn't just something that was just done, just, just to be done. There was a purpose behind that. Because it wanted people and generations to be filled. That they no longer have to do things on their own. They no longer have to try and work themselves out of the sin. He paid the price for everybody. And that now people will be failed because of him. Because of what he did. 
because of what the Father brought down from heaven to us. And you see what people do is they reject that. Instead, they, they trade that in for sin. They want to be filled with vanity. They want to be filled with lies. They want to be filled with gossip. They want to be filled with envy. And I could go on the list, but filled with sin is what I'm really trying to say. Who in here, guys, I challenge y'all to deny these things that you keep wanting to get filled with. I challenge y'all tonight to get rid of that and that you would come to the altar and lay it down at the feet of Jesus. Because every week that you come by and you sit back there on, on three rows back and you're wondering why there's no change. Because you don't desire, because you don't have a passion to want to change. And that Jesus can do that. I remember when I came here in 2013, I was sitting there where Jeremiah is sitting. And I was just so broken that day thinking of, of what I'm going to do with my life. And hearing a message about how, how when we receive God, that that's all we need. I don't remember the full details, but that a lot of what was really stuck, sticking out to me was that if I receive Jesus, my life changes. Because everything else that I tried didn't seem to work. No matter how much I tried to force myself to even think that it will work. You ever feel like that? Sometimes you, you think this will work and you kind of force yourself to think it's going to work out. That it will help you and it will change you. And you realize it doesn't help. Because only God knows how to fix you. Only God knows how to fill you up so that you will never go empty and dry. <laughs> He's all you need. Can we go to the next verse? You know, a man here says, sir, always give us this bread. And that Jesus declared, he's saying that I am the bread of life. You know, just think about that man. He said, always give us this bread. He's wanting that bread that he's talking about. Maybe at first he's a little confused, probably thinking, well, what kind of bread is it like? A, is it like some kind of a, a bread that has like, a, like sazon adobo or something? No, it, it's just like he, he, he's thinking about it. He has interest. Well, give me this bread. You know, think about that when you're so caught up in sin and you're finally at your lowest of lowest. And you're like, man, I don't know what to do. And you hear and you feel the presence of God just knocking on you again. And you follow through with it. But what's going to take for y'all to do that? Tonight? Tomorrow? I don't know if tomorrow you're going to wake up to live. I, I, I was reading an article about it. I think it was last week. of some kid that got shot on the bus. I don't know if you guys heard about that. No? He just got shot on the bus, and I'm just like, wow, like, this guy's just in a bus, probably going home to, you know, coming from school and going home, and, and that's it. His life is over. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and I'm sure that at some point he was given the opportunity to come to Jesus. And I believe firmly in that. Everyone at some point has been given the chance, man, to follow Jesus. There's no excuse. You have no excuse. Literally, you have no excuse, guys. You come here every week, and you hear the message or not, not only just come here a week, but we hit y'all up every week. We hang out with y'all, right? We, we preach to y'all. And it doesn't fully fit in because you're so filled with sin. You're so full of yourself. That's literally it. And I don't know how else to put it because, you know, for, for me to, to go on and, and, you know, I'm not going to say I'm going to stop preaching. But for me to go on and keep telling y'all, I, I will keep doing that. Until you finally submit to God. We will keep preaching to y'all until you finally submit to God. And you know what? The Lord will keep knocking on your heart until you submit. 
But there's going to come a point where, where that's going to end. Your life is over with. No matter if you're 14, you're 15, everyone's going to die. Have you thought about that? Everyone's going to die. I'm sure you've had relatives that have passed away. And you're probably thinking they're in heaven. And many times, no, they're not. We have this only the good die young mentality or, or this, this because they did good stuff, they go to heaven. That's not how it works. That's not how it is. If they did not put their trust and believe in Jesus and were born again, they're not in heaven. So right now that you're alive and that, and that, and that oxygen is still going through your lungs and your heart is pumping blood from where you're sitting and you're, you have a conviction in your heart. You're starting to hunger for God. You're starting to realize I'm empty with all this stuff that I think I'm filled with. Do it. Submit to Jesus. Put your trust in Jesus. Because you, if you know you're so filled with sin, you know you're so caught up with mess that, you, that, that last week you got yourself into and now you're just trying to figure out and trying to fix it. Let's say you stole something and, and you're just so like frantic and paranoid about when the cops are going to find out. At some point it's going to be exposed. Because you're so filled, just, just think about that. Do you think that your friends know how much you sin? No. I don't think about that. If anything, they want to know what you got and how they can get it. But you see, if you know Jesus, and as you're listening to this message right now, and you go back to school next week, right? And that friend who has been bugging you and bugging you and bugging you about when you're going to hang out and, and spark a blunt. What are you going to tell them? You're going to tell them no. That's if you want to tell them no. You should tell them no. Because you've been thirsting for that good weed. You've been thirsting for all of that thing that you've been thirsting for. That's what y'all be calling it, right? I don't know, I don't know what the different names now for, for all that stuff, right? You don't got to say it. But the thing is, this hunger that you have for sin, guys, it, ha it has to stop. It has to stop because I care for y'all. I care for your soul. We care for your soul. Because we know where you're going to end up if you don't stop what you're doing. And we know where you'll end up if you now begin to thirst and hunger for God. And have and starting to be desperate for God. Because many of y'all here are desperate for sin. Many of y'all here are so desperate about that one girl. And if she liked my Facebook post and, and, and where's she going to be at next week. And why should she respond to my text messages? So desperate for this individual. So desperate for, for what's the latest trend. But why can't you be desperate for God? Start to be desperate for God. I'm not up here telling y'all that, be, that before when I didn't know Jesus that, that I was desperate for sin. We all, we all went through this. Many of us leadership, you'd be shocked at the stories that we would tell y'all. And so you can have a testimony now where you will say, man, I used to be so, so depressed. Or, or man, I used to be so, so broken. Or, or, or somebody will have a crazy story where they'll say, man, I was molested and I forgave that person. These are literally the things that I know some of y'all have gone through and you're, you're too afraid to share it. And that's because you, you have an insecurity, right? There's things that are just blocking you to, to not only take it to God, but, but to come to the altar and, and, and talk to us and how we can help. You can't do it on your own. That is why you need God. And that is also why you need the body, the body of Christ. In other words, the church. This is why we're here to help. We're here to pray for y'all. We're here to love on you. 
We're hungry for the same thing. We're hungry for the Lord. And we're giving you all the example of how you can do that and how you not should go in and hunger for sin. Because we know what it leads to, guys. We know what sin leads to. It leads to death, like Paul said, as we read in, in Romans 8. You can go back. How if you live according to the flesh, you will die. You will almost feel as if you're already dead inside. Because you don't know how to have life again. This is what you see life as. Sin. It's just sin, sin, sin. Sin city in your, in your, own, in your own little world. Right? Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. How can you start to please God? Well, for one, give your life to him. It pleases the Lord. Guys, it pleases God when people give their lives to him. It does. There's a party in heaven, man, when people come to Jesus. <laughs> Revival happens with yourself. And when you, could you imagine when you go into high schools and you know that you've been changed and how, how God can change that person that sits next to you? Think about that. God will do it. He did it for you. He'll do it for your friend. And they'll see, man, you're hungry for God. I didn't even know you could hunger for God. I didn't even know you could be desperate for God. Yes, you can. The problem is that people are, are deceived by the enemy and themselves. That God can't satisfy people. That God is lame or going to church is lame. I think Elevate is lit. I think living for God is lit. I think living for Jesus is lit. But see, you don't see it that way because sin is too lit in your heart. You have to light up the fire of God that can be ignited in you. But you have to make that step. Guys, I'm telling you, you have to make that step. And some of y'all look at me all confused or like you're annoyed already. Well, you know what? If you don't want this, then, then, then you can continue wanting what you want. But the people, man, that are in front of the people that are so convicted and they're thinking about, about man, what am I going to tell someone about? Uh, how am I going to talk to someone about Jesus next week? You start to have these ideas now of how you want to talk to people about Jesus. <laughs> it's like now you're like, man, I don't think I even want to go to that party next week. Man, I don't think I want to go and go on this date with this girl or this guy next week. It shifts. There's a shift that happens. Your hunger now changes. And that you're, you become instantly filled. God fills you up. Hallelujah. And I want to ask y'all, man. Do you remember that moment when you were first filled with that one sinful thing you can't let go? Do you remember how it was, how tempting it was, how pleasing it was? And for those that tasted the glory of God, do you remember how it was when you first tasted the glory of God? Because now it's like both worlds. Well, I tasted God. I know, how God. I know what God does. I know what he does in my life. And also, you know what sin is like. And for those people, man, you guys got to understand, you can't live this double life. It's not going to go far. It will not go far. Because most people that do that, a lot of times, they end up doing some even more crazy stuff in the world. Literally. They end up doing more crazy stuff. And there's scripture that backs that up. You know, you go back into the world and you're, you're taking more, more, more demonic spirits in, into yourself. Let's say before you used to be an alcoholic, and now you go and you, uh, you steal booze. Now you go and you hire prostitutes. Now you go and, and you murder somebody. At first it became you murder someone in your heart, and now you actually physically murder somebody. 
And, see, and I think a lot of times when people do that is because they get so fed up being in this cage of, of righteousness. I don't think this is me. I need to go back and, and finish where I started. But not realizing that that's already been finished. God has already taken that out of your life. Instead, you run back to it because there's something in, there was something still in your heart that, that you were still hungering for. And whatever that was, you didn't give it to God. You didn't give it to God. And there are many people here today living for God and still holding on to something. You're holding on to that one sin. And if you don't let it go tonight, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what you're going to end up doing, something more crazy than you used to. You're probably going to get someone pregnant. I know that happens to a lot of people. Pregnancy scares, as a matter of fact, as well. That used to happen to me all the time when I was in high school. Had a lot of pregnancy scares. And could you imagine? I mean, there's people that are 13 and they're, and they're fathers and moms. That, it, that happens. And it's like it's normal nowadays for that to happen. To be young parents. Babies having babies, how, how people say, right? But see, get this. What if all of that doesn't have to be on your name? What if all of that, that doesn't have to fall in your life? You could be a disciple for Jesus, a sold-out, radical, unashamed follower of Christ. Because the way you're unashamed about your sin, and you post it, and you blast it on Facebook and Snapchat, look at what I'm doing, holding a 40 or whatever. And you see, you could be unashamed for God. You can be up on these corners in the street preaching the gospel like we do, right? That's how it is. We preach the gospel. Things are different for us. We now follow God, and we hunger for the things of God. We're so excited about what next chapter we're going to read in the Bible. We're so excited about, about who we're going to pray for next. It changes. And as you're sitting here in your seat, I want you all to think about all the things that have just been messing with your mind. That when you came and you walked in here, you were almost defeated. And, and this was like your last hope. Your last stop. Coming to Elevate. I know there are people that are suicidal that come here sometimes. And I've talked to a few of you. I'm not going to say names. And you got to know that God will fill you. God will fill you up with joy and he'll replace that sadness. He'll take that away and give you joy. You will never, ever have to look at that mirror and say, I suck. You will never, ever have to look at that mirror and say, I'm horrible. You will see yourself that you're creating God's image and that God loves you. And that God is taking you out of your misery. And then not once could you ever, ever do it by yourself. Stop living in the realm of the flesh, guys. Quit. I was reading this, this statistic that, that a lot of people were, were they want to stop smoking and they go ahead and they start vaping, right? You guys know about the vaping? Yeah. The addiction's still there. You're just replacing it. Literally. It's like sometimes we think that there's a solution for our, for our problem and we just make it worse because it's still there. No matter what you may think that can replace that problem. Because if it's not God, then it, the problem is still there. It's still there. No matter how much you've lied to yourself, think it's, that it, it's, it's, it's for some reason nothing, nothing can change it. God can. He will do it. And why some of y'all won't believe it is because you, you feel that how can a God love me so much? How sinful I am. How can he love me so much? And that's how it's been over 2,000 years that God loves all people. He loves us much that he died for us. Think about that. He 
died for each and every one of you, Elevate. He died for me. It's personal that he did. And so I want y'all to think about that, man. Tonight when you go home, you maybe you could write it down in a journal and, and start doing a devotional. You know, you could do it that way. You could write your prayers on a journal. It's awesome to do that because then you look back at things you pray for and, and how God answered that. It's like you, you track it down. I would encourage y'all to do that. If not, you could do it on your phone. But, but just start to track down these things, man. Track down when, when you were transformed, when God changed your life. And then when you're having a moment where you feel so down, you go back to that and God leads you and, and he shows you, this is what I did for you. Remember, don't forget what I did for you. You see, for a lot of y'all, it's so easy to remember that one time where, where you lost your virginity or that one time where you were at that crazy party and, and some famous rapper was there or, or that one time where, where you met like, like the love of your life or whatever and you're not even with that person. You see, you recall all of these things. But could you imagine, though, when you get saved and you start recalling all of those things, but that God has now erased that off of your life. You, you can start having these flashbacks, man, because, you see, in, in our mind, it's so easy for us to, to have these, these mental breakdowns and whatnot because life is so hard and, and there's all these things going on. But the peace of God will literally step in and will say no. That's not who I made you to be. I didn't make you to live to struggle. I made you to live free. Freedom. Have victory. But you, if you don't hunger and thirst for God, then all of that won't even make sense. Or for that matter, won't even, you won't even want it. If you want to start pleasing God, hell of it. If you want to start doing things right, then tonight is the night. As the Bible says, today is the day of salvation. And I know almost every week we talk about that, but we have to because we know there are some of you that are just hanging off at the, you know, at the point of that web. And, and, and finally you, you take it. You accept Jesus. And I'm praying that that will happen to some of y'all. I know I have some of y'all in my heart, some of y'all names in my heart that I pray y'all will get saved tonight. If I can please have a, a Daryl or somebody on keys, please. You know, when I first came to Elevate and, and I started the one-on-one -on -one process, I did that because I started to realize, why should I still hold on to these things in my life? Why is it worth holding on to these sinful things? Why should I still hold on to this girl that I'm dating? What's it going to do for me 10 years from now? What is it even going to do for me in general? Just mess me up? More drama? But you see, with Jesus, I realize. Me accepting God into my life does a miracle. Me accepting the Lord in my heart changes things that I never even know that could be eliminated from my life. And for you guys that are sitting down today and thinking, I want that. I want that to happen. I'm tired of living this life. I want a hunger for God. And I know some of y'all, you need the extra hand. You need the extra help. And we'll pray for you. And we'll be there with you, walking beside you in the one-on-one -on -one process. And earlier when I asked who's in one-on-one, -on -one, and I, I only saw like five or six people raise their hand, it kind of it hurt inside. Because I know that a lot of y'all can be in one-on-one. -on -one. I know that a lot of y'all can taste the glory of God and know what it's like to be transformed. 
And once you make that first step, there's no going back. There shouldn't be any going back. All you need is the Lord. All you need is Him to be desperate for Him, to want more of Jesus. If we can all uh, please stand as we are close. And the altar workers come up as well. Guys, if that's you and you know that you haven't been desperate and hungry for God, that you've been too hungry and filled with yourself, then I would ask y'all to come up and make that move. Because you know, you know for a fact, you can't keep going on, you can't keep lying to yourself, you can't keep lying to others. There are people here that will pray for you, that will help you understand more of what it's like to hunger for God. But it has to happen in your life first, guys. I can't do it for you, Elevate. I can't do it for you. You have to want it. Just how I wanted it. Just how Joby wanted it. Just how Daryl wanted it. A lot of us here, how we wanted it. You have to want it. Break up with the devil. Break up with that girl that's just been leading you to sin. Or that boyfriend has been leading you to sin. And start to have that relationship with Jesus that you know he will never ever let you down that you know he will never ever 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 leave you his presence is there the Bible says that he will never leave us nor forsake us you know your friends will leave you you know your mom will leave you your dad will leave you that sin that you committed it'll leave because you're going to go off and run to something else. But you start to have a relationship with Jesus. You start to hunger for him. You don't want that to leave. Because it's the best thing you will ever have. Your belly now becomes filled with the fire of God. Your belly now becomes filled with joy and peace and his grace, his unfailing love. That's what it is, Elevate. You become filled. If that's you guys, come up. Right now, I'm just going to pray. Lord God, I, I pray that every person here, God, every youth that has been trying and trying that life and knows that they just can't do it anymore. Lord, I believe that just as you have changed millions and millions of lives all around the world year after year, you can do it for that person. God, you can do it for anybody. Paul said that he was the worst of sinners, and yet you came and intervened and, and touched his life. Lord, I pray that here, no matter how worse the sinner is here, there is no sin far beyond that you cannot change. There is no person here that no matter how tough they think they are, you can, you can change them, Lord. You can change their life around. That now they will start to hunger for more of you. They all want you, God. And I know their spirit, God. I know their spirit wants you, Lord. Our souls hunger for you, God. And even though our flesh is saying no, I pray, God, 
that we will submit it to you, God, that these youth will submit their flesh to you and say, no, devil, no, I will not do that. I want you, Lord. God, I pray, Lord, that you draw these youth near, Lord, that you draw them near to you, God, that they come and experience your everlasting joy. They will come and experience your everlasting presence, God. And it is a feast waiting for us, a feast of your presence. That we will never, ever go hungry. We will never, ever thirst again. Jesus. This time the altar is open, guys. I would, I would encourage y'all to come up. Don't, don't worry about who's to your left. Don't worry about who's to your right, who's in front of you. This is you and God. This is you and the Lord. Forget about what that person has been going through. You're, you're just as broken as that person. You need Jesus. Confess it to God. Every little bit of it. 